0: There's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. In this episode, I speak with Modestus Sidnius, who is the CEO of Eleving Group an international fintech company that Modesto's joined when there were just seven people, and he's now scaled it to over 100 million euros of yearly revenue, making them one of Europe's fastest growing companies, as measured by the Financial Times. In this discussion, we get into understanding the purpose-driven reason behind Elving's recent corporate rebranding, Does the rebranding really make a difference? Well, in this case, yes, and we'll find out why. We also uh, look at really some of the structural decisions that they made in order to enter so many different markets in in a very short space of time and how they're actually designing social and environmental impact directly into their products rather than adding all that kind of social responsibility stuff on as an afterthought to their business. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Modestus Sydneyus. Hello, Modestus, and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Modestus, when I reached out to you uh, a few weeks ago, you know, I knew that you were the uh, CEO of Mogo Finance, uh, one of Europe's fastest growing companies, according to the Financial Times lists last year. And of course, now you are CEO of Eleving Group. So tell me about that. What's changed? I know it's really the same thing or it's, it's an evolution. So just tell me a bit about that before we jump into the uh, the details.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Uh, yeah, actually,
1: uh, you, you hit the weird time in our company's, uh, company's history. So uh you know essentially nothing has changed in the company like uh, main main thing what has changed it's it's the name and uh, mm-hmm. uh it's it's actually our corporate brand uh, like we still have the same mogo mogo brands as a product brands but uh, uh but essentially you know it has changed pretty much overnight but uh, but it was a process it was a process of, of half a year uh, working with a team working uh, working with uh consultants uh,
0: so is uh, this just uh so is this just a you know just branding just because you had a bit too money much money in the bank uh and you felt you needed a bit of a corporate refresh or you know is there something deeper going on i mean just always interested about when companies would change their name
1: yeah it, it, to, to be honest it's uh, like we like we, we didn't need to change the name uh, like i think uh mogo finance is well well recognized name but uh, but it was more uh, it was more about the impact what uh, what we're making and uh, Kind of, it's it's more actually about internal uh, internal messages what we want to achieve with a brand change uh, because essentially, obviously, there are some uh, some technical elements to that. Uh, you know, we have many many different brands underneath uh, underneath eleven Group, so so that also have one brand as a dominant. That uh, that did not make it very convenient, uh, right. but but essentially the, the core part is is still like our. Mm, kind of admitting that that we need to change slightly our uh, like the way how we look at things going forward uh, and i'm not talking really about kind of day-to-day business but i'm, I'm more talk- uh, talking about uh, shifting the company's focus from you know being always product focused to more impact focused now with a new brand we're also you know launching our updated identity uh, we we have a bunch of uh, ESG initiatives, uh, what, uh, what we want to integrate, but integrate in a structured way. And then kind of new brand with a new revised mission. It, it's, it's really like a good, good start, good kick to, to all this set next stage of company's development.
0: Right. Yeah. So you feel you, you're at that stage where you needed to have a cohesive mission across all the brands. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and, and you wanted to be clear. So what's the mission? What is this mission of this, this new group?
1: Yeah, so our, our mission essentially, uh, and it's, as I say, it's nothing new, it's just maybe kind of revised and then all, all, all the small missions put, put into one. Uh, it's essentially uh, lift up uh, social mobility in, in the markets where we operate by, uh, by providing people an access to financial instruments. Uh, and, and the only way how we, how we can do it and the only way we know how to do it is through financial technology. So so essentially nice. you know we 're aiming to to make people 's lives better by by giving them access to something they, they didn 't have access before
0: mm. yeah, I love that idea of you know social mobility right it's a great, it's a great purpose because um, you know if you talk about the pure you know we want to make a profit, we want to return to investors or whatever it 's okay, but it doesn 't get people out of bed, but actually, getting out of bed to help improve social mobility and give people access to to finance when they need it and this kind of thing that's that's exciting right that's that's, that's inspiring and, and you know you can get people to actually uh come behind that so I think that's a good and, move.
1: and and to be honest I think you can do both you can still make exactly. make, make good profit, profit make good products and, and and at the same time have this impact and I think you know now it's the best time to to do it when when COVID anyways it has affected many. Uh, Uh, many economies uh, and I think many people lost lost their jobs so if we can contribute in 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 kind of helping to overcome the the effect of COVID uh, I think that's uh, that's the most motivating thing what what we can offer to to our employees as well to be a part of this journey.
0: Yes absolutely and and uh, as I like to say finance is the fuel for impact right I mean if you don't have an economic engine it's very hard to create impact at scale right you just can't afford it so you have to have a a money-making machine to be able to do that oh well let's let's jump in about you just for a couple of minutes um so modest is when you joined i think probably about eight years ago or so now when you joined the business i think you said there were seven people right in lithuania that's where you were you were uh, starting and now you have a i think you said it was 100 1500 employees across 14 markets in the group right and you're the group ceo so just tell me a little bit about that story. Um, what were those changes? And uh, as as you've had to kind of take on more and more responsibility in this fast growing business, how you know how's your leadership had to change? Mm.
1: Sure. So I think uh, exactly exactly eight years ago, I've i joined the uh, 11 Group. At that time, uh, you know, my my challenge was, uh, and I joined as a as a CEO of, of one country, of one one operational unit. Uh, so at that time, really started uh, started with an Excel sheet and, and seven employees, uh, which uh, which is kind of big big task for financial company. Uh,
0: Excel powers everything. It turns out, right when you pull back the pull back the covers
1: <laughs> when, when you have a right attitude and, and right uh, right people in place uh, excel doesn't scare scare away kind of. it's good good tool to start with uh. Uh, and so so essential i think it was uh, it was a transformation of a company and it that was a transformation of myself as, as a leader because i've also joined relatively early in like i, I wasn't even 30 mm. uh, with, like i think 20 26 years old uh, when i joined the company. So, so I really I grew up uh, as a leader together together with our company, together uh, with our business. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, in, in eight years, uh, I could say that uh, I could maybe split this, this experience in, in kind of three parts. Uh, so first firstly, uh, I was developing the product uh, because uh, we're, we're pure startup. There was an idea. That uh, you know was uh, was a big part of society, which which doesn't get an access to financial instruments, and uh, uh, and also that uh, you know traditional banks they, they are not operating efficiently. So it was an idea, but uh, but exactly to to build the product, uh, mm. uh, kind of wh- how how it ended up that was different to what we initially envisioned. Uh, so so first it was really about building the product. Uh, then, when I've already became a regional CEO, it was more about building the team. So actually, finding uh, finding the individuals, building building the teams who mm-hmm. uh, who want to do the uh, things the way I envision them, and, and who have the right uh, the right ticks uh, for for our type of business. Yeah. So that that I think uh, that have brought building the teams have brought me to the group CEO role eventually in which uh, which i'm um, last last three years and uh, uh like now i think uh, what not i think but uh, now i'm actually what what is my core focus and and that's also a big challenge for me in the future that uh, now i need to, if i start building the product uh, then we were building teams uh, now now we're building an organization so an mm-hmm. impact making organization so that's uh, that's a new challenge on my plate a uh, very exciting challenge and and that's you know these eight years have passed uh, like, like that yeah. uh, like that uh, so it's been it's been really exciting exciting journey
0: yeah it's really interesting you know as I speak to these different CEOs um, I think a key theme that always comes out is that that transition right from technical focus in some way to a people focus right I mean an organizational focus obviously is necessary but it's just so interesting because the world is full of people who are technically very good at what they do but i'm just noticing that a common thread of high-performing ceos is that at some point they have really focused in on serving the people you know to, to build the organization and that's really interesting and so uh, when you talk about the difference between building the team to building the organization what's different for you in that transition that you're going through right now
1: uh yeah that's uh, i think first of all that's that's not an easy transition that's uh, i think personally that's that's a challenging transition Mm. because Mm. as a person i'm uh, you know i'm very uh, i'm very analytical i'm i'm very passionate about data uh so it uh, you know that I can talk about our products for hours for me it's not it's not a loan. for me mm. it's, you know it's interest rates it's maturity it's amount it's uh, it's surplus and, and and these type of things yeah you're so, you're
0: a fin- you're, you're a finance geek i get it right
1: <laughs> i'm a <laughs> finance geek yeah so but what's what's exciting i think at these early days that uh, like you work with people as you are like so it's very easy to find a common language Mm. But uh, essentially, the team grows. Uh, you know, when when the dynamics change naturally. Uh, and uh, I know, like I guess, the biggest uh, the biggest learning for me, uh, and I think it's, I'm still learning in, in that is is really how to find a personal touch with with your team. And obviously, I'm I'm like our mm. our company is now huge. Uh, but but essentially it's still I, I need like my direct subordinates are are kind of the the ones with whom I need to build this really personal relationship. Yes. Uh, and uh, and I basically finding a platform uh, and and can be different platform for different person. How to how to build relationship outside business uh, business talks uh, because if you do that uh, and uh, and I'm I think I've been successful enough in in accomplishing that. Uh, then uh, you can address uh, very complicated challenges uh, and the kind of, you can solve big disagreements what you have in the workplace. You can solve them kind of outside the workplace and mm-hmm. always get back, get, uh, get to a common sense of a person. And then maybe maybe in the end uh, you're not on the same page, but, but you have this uh, personal relations which, which really helps you to... To kind of have a common uh, common understanding and, and, and have a common uh, common goal, uh, even though maybe the tools yeah. how yeah. how you reach there are not exactly the same. So so I think this finding a personal bond uh, and yes. then kind of switching from product to actually caring about people and being genuinely genuinely interested what uh, what the people are about. I think that yes. that that has been the key key to success.
0: Yeah, and then I think when you go to that organizational level, I think what I often find is that the key is then you've got to help your team replicate that with their teams, right? So how do you create this leadership culture across the company? Because as you say, you you know you've got this big organization, you can only deal with eight people or something, right? And and, and you know create the culture with them, but the organizational part is how do you actually help that ripple across the organization, right? Which is uh, another skill from actually, as you said, getting a lump of people around you who are ready to kind of work.
1: Yeah. With, again, that,
0: with your own personal, you know, mindset.
1: I think we're very well put, uh, so, and it's, yeah. uh, again, it's it's, t- it's tough, like, yeah. you know, you need to, you want other people, and you need other people to, to kind of speak your words, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and and we have we have a relatively complicated uh, complicated structure in our, in our organization. So so I'm as a leader, I'm really dependent on on other leaders to have similar mindset to have similar values. Uh, mm. uh, and, and here again, I think uh, was you know was no one uh, secret uh, secret element, uh, but, uh, mm. but sharing, sharing the stories and, and kind of being able to to communicate with people outside outside everyday business. And and kind of being, I would say even being vulnerable with them, and like letting them understand, like what what am I about, I'm about. So this uh, this really helps them to to understand the, kind of to understand that okay, it's it's not about uh, some management style. It's uh, it's it's all about the result and and like where I'm coming from. And I think when they really understand where where you're as a, as a leader, as a CEO of a company, where you're coming yeah. from, then. For them, it, for them, it's easier to, to kind of take that story and make it their own or take those right. values and make their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They need to buy into you before they buy into, you know, what it is you're selling them. Right. <laughs> what is your, the vision or whatever it is? Exactly. Um, so let's let's jump into, you know, this 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 story of scaling. Right. That's made you, you know, such a fast growing company. What do you think you did really well as an organization? That helped you scale so fast.
1: Yeah, uh, I think few few things. Uh, what what I'd like to mention. So one, one thing what what we did right, and uh, we we kind of we did it right. But it's uh, it's a you know long process to to kind of making it work uh, is, is choosing the right structure. Mm. Uh, so you know, essentially, if you look at our our history, we've uh, we've managed to open uh, ten markets in in two and a half years, which uh, depends on an industry. But for a financial industry, it, it is very challenging, uh, and you can you can rely on technology. But but anyways, where's there's many- a lot of
0: regulation. There's a lot of national complexity yeah
1: exactly good. exactly it was no similar market all markets are different the, the products well,
0: are similar but... especially yeah especially when you get to Europe I remember when I was very early in consulting we did a presentation for some American investors and the first slide of the presentation was like a, just a page of about seven different electrical plugs and the message <laughs> of the slide was welcome to Europe <laughs> so yeah, yeah, compl- yeah everything is complicated yeah everything's different
1: uh, and but you know in like what what made it even more complicated that we are we're actually focused not on on the Western Europe uh, type of part like we we're operating in quite uh, quite exotic markets you may uh, you may say you know we have a business in Uzbekistan uh, and, and at the same time we have business in Uganda so so very very different mentalities or I don't know like in in Caucasus in, in Armenia so really like a melting a melting pot. Uh, Right. uh so so we need like from from early days, I think what we did really correct uh is is to pick pick the right structure how we will uh, get there and uh, and we've we 've selected uh, like we call it hub structure but uh, essentially that's uh, that 's a decentralized structure uh, and uh, and in a way it kind of it created an environment that we have companies within a uh, mm. so essentially uh, think, like, essentially, that's uh, that's quite a hard uh, hard choice to make, uh, to be honest. Because uh, on paper, first of all, it doesn't look as a cost-efficient uh, mm. choice. Because even like we went to an extreme that uh, we've created even separate uh, IT teams for for different hubs. Uh, right. And and each, you know, maybe maybe we have something in common, obviously, but uh, but essentially we wanted that uh, hub as an entity to have full ownership. Uh, it would have full ownership. It would have uh, not only kind of structural ownership, but also legal ownership. So these are essentially separate legal entities. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, with that, uh, you know, with some benefits and with some risks. Uh, obviously, that's way more risky a way to grow because essentially, if, if you have something working very well, uh, you can't, uh, like, if it's outside the, the structure in, in kind of a different legal entity. Uh, it's not that easy to kind of get all the know-how to the new entity, and essentially you need to build new teams. So you need to build mm. and train new teams constantly. Uh, so, so that's not uh, kind of that's not an easy structure to to kind of choose. But but if you choose it and if you commit to that and if you really uh, find the right people and if you really find the right balance, then mm. what essentially it gives you that uh, you can. Uh, kind of open multiple countries simultaneously.
0: These conversations are all about scaling yourself to scale your business. And one of the biggest barriers that stops us from doing that is getting stuck in operations and not spending time on the most valuable strategic work. So I do recommend that you take our free executive productivity assessment. It's just 10 quick questions to find out exactly where you are on the journey to executive time management mastery, you'll then discover how you can free yourself up for more strategic activity. To take the assessment, head to xquadrant.com/go/productivity-assessment with a hyphen between those two last words. Now, back to the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just, th- I'm just thinking. Um, so my mind's whirring as you're saying this because uh, I've just done a number of yeah these interviews for this season, and actually a couple from the previous season. Um, and this decentralized structure has come up so much, right? So it's really fascinating. I mean, all in slightly different ways. Some grew them organically. Some acquired in a very specific way. But I think this idea of giving people full ownership and responsibility and let them get on with things uh perhaps at least a certain phase in in the company's growth seems to be not just a recipe for high growth but you talked about it being risky but actually there's a sense of saying well if you've got a portfolio um then yeah sure you know you might not get the best practice scaled everywhere but you might not get the worst practice scaled everywhere as well right so probably on balance you know you're actually going to um have a, a, a more predictable portfolio does sure, that, does that make mean, sense is that is that your experience
1: definitely definitely i, I mean from like i mean risky from uh, from the point of view that of course you you lose part of a control but uh, exactly as you mentioned like at the same time i'd, I'd rather you know i'd rather lose Money on operations while while kind of learning improving while while lose money on on having big bureaucracy and then right. kind of being extremely inflexible. So that's one thing I think. Another thing why more and more companies are are choosing these type of structures is uh, is because of people. Uh, I think nowadays uh, I think younger generation like they they want to make an impact. They don't want to be just like a small small part of a huge puzzle. Like they yes. actually wanna. With their hands, build something. And if if you have a department of uh, 200 people, then it, it is extremely difficult mm. to do that. And and like people don't feel that. And I think this impact making, uh, it, it's it's very important. Like so, if you wanna kind of that's also the way how to get the top talent in your company. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 helped us. Uh, that helped us has a lot. Uh, uh, and uh, and what you know if. Uh, if you get the right people and if you uh, you find the right uh, structure for them and, and and like with structure i mean even even how you how you motivate them like in our company every single employee has a share option plan which right. which again i think uh, probably more common in western europe slightly less common in still in baltics mm. of course that's mm. that's evolving uh, but you know when this Combined with authority, combined with autonomy, uh, and then also if you would add uh, like separate legal structure, it, it really gives a, a people, mm-hmm. give a team uh, this sense of ownership. Uh, yes, and then I think that's that's something what uh, what extremely hard to achieve in, in kind of big big organization, big corporation, a big let's say kind of bureaucratic organization with many layers. Yeah. Uh, this this way, like by choosing the right structure, we we kind of we win. I think way more than when we lose in in the long
0: run. Mm, yeah, I love it. So, what was um what was thing which was difficult? What was you know what was a challenge that you had or some a place where you struggled as the company grew? Right, because clearly, it's never. Sure. Good, right? There's always the complexity, it's a roller coaster, the difficulties and challenges. You know, what was perhaps one of the biggest learnings that you, you know, you would want to share?
1: Mm, of course, like, that's, that's, like, you need a book for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if, you know, if, if I, if I would have to mention something, what's, what stuck with me the most, uh, it's, it's still, I have to kind of go down to, to people challenge. Uh, essentially, what's, uh, what is, I think, one of the biggest challenges that, that you need, you need to uh, multiply the teams if you, mm-hmm. you want to multiply the regions, multiply the, the countries. And uh, I guess everyone who, who's who been growing very fast has, has faced that issue. It's, let's call it like, it's really like an HR issue, finding finding the right people and the right individuals with the right mindset. Uh, uh, so my, I would say, really my Painful, uh, painful learnings uh, has been making uh, making wrong decisions and uh, in in this hiring process. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, if, if if what I've learned, uh, especially while hiring senior positions, and, and even so, senior positions in uh, in maybe exotic markets, as I co- call them, or like really developing markets. Uh, what's what's very important there is that. Uh, you can't you can't choose the best candidates out of uh, the ones who have been presented uh, you have to you have to choose the right candidate and uh, and often you get this uh, pressure of growth uh, pressure of even uh, even your know uh, h r department or outsource you know you you set a criteria you get the candidates you you interview them but essentially what's maybe the candidates they have a requirements what you need them but but we don't have we uh, don't have uh, values what uh, they don't have the right mindset, which is uh, which is very hard to put in a in a resume, but which you definitely can figure out in uh, many rounds of interviews. Mm. And uh, and you know when the time pressure makes you choose the best candidate of what's presented to you, and, and that's that never worked out for me personally. Uh, then you end up uh, you end up fixing uh, fixing, and you end up maybe not having a productive relations uh, because to fix uh, to change person's attitude uh, and to change person's value it's i think it's close to impossible uh, especially if you talk about uh, kind of top top level uh, top level CEOs uh, if if you have not done it right from from first time then uh, then you get up you're stuck in this uh, in the cycles so that that has been really mm. really my my key learning and kind of what what I've learned that If you don't, if you don't find the right fit, then you need to change the criteria, maybe you need to lower down your criteria, because it's, it's better to have less experience, uh, but, uh, but the right, uh, the right personality. Uh,
0: And, And how do you go about identifying that? So how would you, you know, how do you discover that in an interview process or a few interviews? You know, what are you really looking for at that point?
1: I think it was like, you know, was many, many layers. So it's, it's very, I think, you know, these days, every uh, was many methodologies. Uh, like we're, we're in our organization inspired by, by who methodology of, of how to hire a person. So, so essentially you really go, uh, in many layers of his experience, like why, why he was hired for different positions and so on. And then, uh, so that's, you know, that's basically identifying the right characteristics of a person and, and the right, uh, the right skills. Which which I think is fairly technical and, and fairly easy, mm. but uh, what's what's more challenging is really uh, identifying like uh, values uh, values of a person and then mindset. And for that, uh, for that, first of all, uh, you need to meet the person. Uh, you need mm. to have an outside outside of interview, let's say interaction with a person. So I've been uh, I've been traveling across the world. Uh, kind of almost almost every second week just just because I wanted really in person to to meet mm. the new candidates and then have have a chat to really have a sense of feeling what kind of persons they are and uh, and it was i mean it was no secret structure was no secret way just like talking with a person like trying to trying to understand like what what he or she is about uh, and then and, and that's like the only way I know is really through through personal, uh, through personal conversations, uh, not, not mm-hmm. necessarily about the career, but just about about life, what, what, what a person's hobby, what drives him, is he a family person and, and so yeah. on. So un, un kind of outside, outside work questions, let's call it this right. way, in, in outside, in unofficial environment, that's, that's the best way how to really identify the, the kind of values of a person.
0: Got it. So what about going forward, Modestas? You know, your company's still on a fast growth trajectory. Um, What's the next level for you as a leader, right? How are you going to need to shift gears to help the company continue to scale?
1: Yeah, that's that's something what uh, what I'm constantly thinking uh, thinking myself, and I think I've already mentioned you that uh, it's, uh, we're in this third phase of organization, and I'm in, in kind of third role in in the organization. Mm-hmm. And I really mm, I really see the need uh, our for our organization to to be more impact focused, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and myself as a leader to to drive organization because. Uh, we still we have a bunch of super talented smart people who are kind of product oriented uh, data kind of data geeks uh, uh, and and essentially uh, bigger challenges uh, for for myself and and for them to actually show that uh, guys like it's it's more it's more than it's more than the product it's like what what about the impact what we're making in the, in the organization so so to be a, a leader who who changes, let's say, a little bit mindset in organization, uh, that's uh, that's that's definitely the big big challenge. Mm-hmm. In which uh, I would say it's not upcoming; it's already. I'm I'm in it. It's in. You're in uh, it. Yeah. it uh, you know you need to you need to feel uh, feel your organization, and you can't you can't kind of dose everything right right up front. You need to you need to do it in transit mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, and you know what? What I'm really passionate about, and, and what I think will be the biggest goal achieved, uh, that uh, that these uh, you know environmental, social, and governance initiatives, we we really integrate them in uh, in our everyday business and products actually. Because I can give you I know example from uh, I think environmental. Uh, Kind of in, environmental initiatives uh, it's it's very i think always easy to, to say that mm. okay now we're we're a green company uh, mm. and you know maybe we're a coal burning uh, electricity kind of factory <laughs> but uh, but now we are also growing uh, growing trees and then that's yeah. why we're carbon neutral and, and things like that and, and essentially we're also we're financing uh, used vehicles uh, so so that's right. a big big part of uh, kind of we are contributing to the pollution but, uh, what, what I don't want our organization to become is to, to look for some excuses or to, to you know, spend money to, yes. to become a better organization. And I think it will not work. Uh, it also, our people will, will not buy in. Like, no. I'm not a believer in that. What, uh, what I think is, is the goal of our organization is to really build in uh, uh, this impact in our products. So by slightly changing uh, focus in, in how we build our products, to contribute to society and to make this uh, this bigger impact uh, mm. you now i can i can give you a few examples so so one can be like if, if we get back to the same cars uh, uh essentially a car is, is is a vehicle which takes you from uh, from a to b uh, and like essentially okay how can we help we can mm. uh, we can first of all encourage our societies to to move to more electric vehicles so we can have special programs on financing electric vehicles and i think what what has worked uh, very successfully is actually uh, finding uh, because electric vehicle is still like it, it is expensive it's not that well yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's not that common yet uh, but but essentially uh, we're financing a lot of taxi drivers for example in kenya who are driving uh, just just cars but but what we understood that actually uh, the economy is driven not by car taxi business it's it's driven by actually motorcycle taxi business It's, it's very common that mm. uh, that we're getting a lift from from a motorcycle driver
0: right. yeah uh,
1: so we we shifted our focus in in financing motorcycles uh, and uh, and really at the same time we we're I would say shooting two rabbits with, uh, with one bullet like're we're, we're uh, giving an opportunity for people to to get a job. While getting mm. uh, financing, uh, first right. of all, uh, yeah. and, and and the second one, we're actually like we're financing motorcycles, which which are uh, ca- have very low carbon uh, carbon emission numbers. Right. Uh, so so and and then at the same time, we really then shifted our uh, our car mentality in that market to motorcycles because it it is both a better business for us, but it, at the same time, it is more more sustainable and more more impact making uh, decisions mm-hmm. so so this is uh, this is really the mentality which which I want to build in, in our organization that uh, our data kind of data crunchers they would be thinking okay how how actually how to incorporate this element of impact making uh, what else can we do. And I think if, uh, if we'll succeed, and I'm, I'm confident that we will succeed, then mm-hmm. it will be very easy to, to get a buy-in in the organization and, and yeah. to shift this focus from, from product to, to impact. And that's, that essentially was one of the reasons why, why we did the whole rebranding exercise. It's, it's really to kick off, to show people that, uh, that that's important for
0: us as an organization. Hey, Modestus, this has been great. And I just love that, that um, passion that you have about impact, right? You know, it's the name of the podcast, right? Impact Multiplier CEO. So I think you're that. You're an impact multiplier CEO because that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to get the whole company, which, you know, you've built a company that multiplies, right? You've built a company that, that has this hub approach. And now you really have that focus of shifting mindsets so that, as you said, you build structural shifts in the business, to multiply your impact, right, um, rather than just trying to greenwash, as you know, as we say, right, just trying to make things look good on the surface. You're actually looking at how can structurally we build impact into the way we do our business, uh, and so we generate that you know, impact in the impact in the world, impact in the business. All these things reinforce each other. So I think that's uh, it's really inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you, Richard. If, if people want to find out about you or about uh, living, where would they go? I think easiest,
1: uh, easiest way would be to go to our webpage, uh, which is eleving.com. Eleving.com.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, I certainly suggest if you're interested in seeing a very innovative uh, and interesting uh, fintech company, go and check them out. Well, Modestus, thank you so much. And I look forward to um, following the story as you continue to grow your impact. And thank you for sharing some of that journey today. Thanks for inviting. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.